0: welcome to another episode of Don't Filter Feelings. I'm Lauren Layfield and thank you so much for taking the time to give us a listen. On this podcast we have conversations about the issues that matter with people who have stories to share and this episode is all about autism. More than one in a hundred people in the UK have the condition and I'm with Talia Grant who's on the autistic spectrum and her sister Olive Grey.
1: I am very sensitive to to like noise,
2: light. When the doctor said, I think she might have autism, she might need to go for diagnosis. Our parents started to look more into what autism was Mm -hmm. because they didn't really know.
0: And then they were like, oh. Talia and Olive welcome to Don't Filter Feelings Um, today we're recording this podcast at the set of Hollyoaks. It is the Lomaxes I believe. Freaking me out though a little bit because it's outside look- today it's really really rainy but yeah they've made sunny it so it and lovely. Like it's sunny right? <laughs> yeah. Talia the first question that we ask every guest on Don't Filter Feelings is how are you feeling right now?
1: Um I actually feel really good because um I've never done a podcast before, and so it's really exciting. And and I've never worked with my sister before as well, so it's really exciting. We're here today to talk about autism. So
0: to kick things off, Talia, can you kind of explain what is autism for anybody who who doesn't understand
1: it? So I have uh, Asperger's. I'm sure that the difference can be quite distinct in two different people, but it's because autism is a spectrum and everyone's so different. So I can only... um, the way i see it is for me um i am very sensitive to like noise light um visually i i, I have really good eyesight so it's kind of a she doesn't superpower. want to post, but she yeah. does. <laughs> i hear everything and i taste the everything and i can walk in a room and be like this room smells like wet sneezes what? i can like i can very like easily like see which i can pinpoint a smell okay it's so like let's any it experience now.
0: because <laughs> this this room i'm i'm guessing this room has probably been here
1: for many many yeah. years it's been used for lots of different things it what smells we getting? like i don't want to say an ikea because i know that ikea has a certain smell so i would say like a b and q it's more best. of a b and q
2: is a tiny bit more woody yeah it's, it's
1: way more it, b and q is woodier but imagine it B and Q, but on a set, it's more like a set. Yes, and you can get that specific (laughs) between an IKEA and a B and Q. You can smell the difference. Yeah, I
0: can. Okay, but what Um, if something really like stinks?
1: Are you hypersensitive to that? Yeah, and you will know. It's like, awful. It's really awful. I mean, if it's awful for anyone, then just imagine what it's like for me, just struggling in the scent. So but the other day, um, I was on a train and the toilet was out of order. Oh. And the carriage really, really hurt yeah. me. Would, I that would, be, have to move. would that be really it's, upsetting for you? It's not only because it's not only just the smell, I'm not just sitting there like, oh, this smells really bad, but it also disrupts, like, Even just my thought process, because all I can think about is like the overwhelming smell. Right. Um, I feel like with Asperger's, it can be more um, hidden Mm -hmm. um, because. Especially in girls, you might not see that I'm. I'm not gonna. I might not say out loud that. Oh my gosh, it smells so bad. Right. I probably will, but not everyone with Asperger's. And I guess will. it takes you time to get to that yeah. point where you'll um, speak it and vocalize Yeah, it. I think that it depends where you are on the spectrum, uh, how things. Because a lot of things, my youngest sister has autism, and a lot of things that may stress her out, or she may excel in. I may struggle in right. or excel in as well.
0: And what? When did you first get diagnosed how long have you known that you've had aspergers um, i got diagnosed when i was 6 okay. or
1: 7 i want to say and yeah
0: like did you have any idea that something was a
1: little bit different oh yeah yeah, I did. I used to think I was an alien or something, did you and really? it's not even like oh, people with autism are aliens. It's like I feel like so more understood now. I've been diagnosed, and I know that it's a superpower now. Honestly, yeah. I just feel very grateful that. What kind of feelings I, did you have when you were six? Yes, yeah, so when I was six, I. Used to look at other children and be like, This is, am I a normal six year old? Do you get what I mean? And is everyone else just weird? Yeah, yeah.
0: you <laughs> were kind of thinking, are they
1: seeing the world in the same yeah, way that I was or not? Yeah, yeah. It was always like, Am I seeing things? How can I see things the way that they're seeing it? But I've grown to realize that it's not really myself that is struggling because of what I'm seeing or whatever it's more other people's reaction and before I was diagnosed and people didn't know that I had autism even when I was diagnosed people still treated me in a way that they shouldn't have but, in what kind of um, way did they treat you then because i imagine it's quite even, difficult in school and things yeah right? so difficult because <laughs> when it even comes to teachers shouting in class i can feel like it's very directed towards me mm-hmm. or it's just very overwhelming when the whole class gets held behind and i didn't and it was because one person did something well you took it personally yeah it's yeah, it's it's overwhelming, things like that, being in school. Uh, how did the diagnosis actually happen? Like,
0: did, was it something your teachers noticed? Or was it something your parents noticed? Did, um, did you flag it up?
1: I didn't flag it up, definitely not. Because even after when I was diagnosed, I was like, oh, what mm. what, what have I been diagnosed with? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? But it, it all, like, added up. But I'm pretty sure it was, like, my parents. I think it was... Definitely uh, my
2: parents. Younger sister...
1: Oh. was, um,
2: she doesn't have Asperger's, she has autism right. and she's, uh, probably more, more outwardly presenting in an autistic way and in, in, in way that somebody might recognize as autistic. So what, what kind of things did she display if we were um, okay to talk about her? So she, she struggled just when she was a bit younger with being nonverbal, um, which means just not speaking at times. Mm-hmm. They thought her hearing wasn't mm-hmm. okay
1: because they were like, she's not she replying. She didn't respond. yeah. And then- I get
2: sometimes yeah, a
1: lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and me and my sister also have this thing where we walk away. <laughs> like, we just walk off. Like, I'll be mid-conversation, I'll just need to walk and off. And are you walking off? It,
0: why? Like, what makes you kind of turn on your heel and go right now? If it just right, gets I'm overwhelming,
1: there. I'm just like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, I need to... I'm out center myself, uh-huh. and I think that my little sister's like that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. But a it's a really good tool. Is, yeah, because if, if you don't, then you'll end up. It's like. It's not only like worse. I don't even know if it's a trait of autism or a strategy. It's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's just really important that mm. we both or anyone with autism has time to process things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So you would. no, saying. I was just
2: um, <laughs> saying then I think when. The doctor said I think she might have autism she might need to go for a a diagnosis I think our parents started to look more into what autism was Mm -hmm. because they didn't really know and then they were like oh we think darling might have this as well or (laughs) some type of yeah struggle with these things as well and so they went for a diagnosis together I think
0: Mm -hmm. and Um, how many how many
2: years difference is it between both of you? So I'm seven years older than...
0: Seven Tom. years. So you...
2: Uh, did, fifteen it- years older than our youngest sister. Oh, no. You. Th- uh, Eleven years older than our youngest sister my and fifteen years so older mess. than my older So
0: you're brother. the big, big sister. So did yeah. you notice anything? Like, obviously you would have been quite quite young at the time. Did um, you notice anything? Yeah, about I mean... The girls. D- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, did you ever think... I see something there. My
2: parents, basically, had me and they were like, cool, this one's like a lot, so we're good. <laughs> And I was like, I want a sibling, and they were like, okay. And I was like, I want a sibling to the point where I got really annoyed because there was this other boy in my class who I will not name names, but he was the only other person without a sibling, and I didn't want to be associated with him. Oh my and I was like, I want a sibling, and they were like, okay, okay. And I had a sister, and I was like, ah! And Talia she thought would just, that I was it. She Talia would literally sit there like, and I would go. I used to go this far away from her face when we were little, and I'd be like, so close. I'd be like, I know,
1: I know. That yeah, I'd be like, you used to after me and be like, are you a robot? I used to think yeah. that they
2: were spies watching me. I used, I to, I used to be like, Imogen, I know you're though. watching me, you're not going to catch me. Out. I thought that about Imogen as well. And she would literally just sit there, like, and yeah. I'd be like, you're not going to catch me. I would, would just out. stare at her. Not this time. Like, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> why, and she she just, literally like,
0: why are you so suspicious of a look her?
2: Look at her little like, face I was like, there are spies behind. <laughs> I thought I they were inside. Yeah. You know, like in the I Truman show where they're like sitting in the moon? Yeah. I thought, like, talia was the world and then there were like robots in the moon
0: (laughs) (laughs) so So let's talk about your adhd for a minute as well is that something
2: you've had for
0: all your life or is that something was diagnosed later on so it was
2: diagnosed later on it's something that i can i mean remember experiencing like the i guess i don't know what the word would be like Characteristics of my entire life. Yeah, and what um, are the characteristics for if anyone doesn't know what ADHD is? So I would say, I mean, there are there are so many characteristics with ADHD. Um, but because people often
0: think ADHD is just people who want loads of attention, please. Yes, but people, people complex, do right? think that, and also
2: people, people often people self-diagnose a lot. People because, self-diagnose with ADHD. Yeah. People also will go, oh, I don't have ADHD. I have ADD. Right. Um, Which I would, you know, say same, but Mm. it's not called that anymore. The H is in brackets because even if somebody doesn't present in an outwardly hyperactive Mm -hmm. way, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't have inward hyperactivity. I might seem really calm sitting here right now, but my brain is going like a thousand miles an hour. So interesting.
1: She has. Our sister
2: has autism and ADHD. Um, so I think that that's like a definite common misconception. I also think that a common misconception is that it's the naughty child Mm -hmm. and I wasn't really a naughty child. I think that I struggled with concentration and because I struggled with concentration, teachers attributed that to naughty behavior. And I think that once you get labeled as a naughty kid, even if it doesn't come from any naughtiness, it's hard not to then live up to that. Uh, it's like a a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. Um, so I think for me, it definitely manifests in um, my brain it just never stops. I feel like sometimes like my my head's gonna explode with all the thoughts yeah, in yeah. my head, and I think I've felt that feeling my whole life. Yeah. Um. And it was a de- it was a feeling I struggled with when I was younger. When I was like five, from as early as five, I remember really, really struggling with that. Um. But then I, I mean, the amazing things are that. My creativity feels limitless, and my capacity to create and to uh conversate and to do things mm-hmm. and to yeah think it feels infinite in in an amazing
0: way at times well, it's what like you were saying earlier uh, do you see it now as a as a s- a superpower as how you described it? You have these this yeah, set of skills that yeah. other people don't yeah so you're like
1: other people the way other people
0: think. well, the issue is is that
2: the world is. built up in order to cater to neurotypical people and so when you're neurodiverse you're Mm -hmm. seen as bad but if the world imagine if the whole world was set up to to facilitate autistic people Mm -hmm. imagine if the whole world was like everything was a bit quieter things weren't people weren't as in your face all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and then you got somebody who really didn't have any sensory issues and they were like But I don't have an issue with this. Everyone would be like, well, you're weird, weird, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're weird and you need to figure that out and you need to sort yourself out. But the world is fit to fit around those people. It doesn't even necessarily mean those people are vastly the majority. I mean, there are industries where I wouldn't say so they many are. People I think are
1: undiagnosed. in
2: the creative industry, yeah. there are so
0: many people who are undiagnosed, and, and that's the thing. If we knew about the real number of people that mm, did yeah. lie on the spectrum, it, like you said, the world mm. might have been set up in a slightly different totally. way. If not
1: the world, at least certain industries or certain the the ways of life of um, probably influential people that either have adhd and autism that have impacted the Mm -hmm. way that our society is today that are unspoken of is like massive Mm -hmm. like we don't realize that these influential people like albert einstein Mm -hmm. had autism mm. or yeah
0: uh, it's that genius thing isn't it yeah. where people go they were just really smart and actually sometimes <laughs> you go actually yeah. or people go well they were just they're just a bit quirky they, aren't they? Just, yeah. they're just a bit oh, quirky yeah well, or think... maybe they viewed the world yeah. differently to how everyone yeah. else seems to be viewing 100%. it which is really interesting yeah. um so we know a little bit about like how autism kind of has affected you and ADHD how uh, that's affected you as well what's it like to play um an autistic character then talia because for anybody who who hasn't seen um talia in holyoke she plays um an autistic character called brooke is that right yeah is
1: that a hard question um no actually no 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 it isn't because playing an autistic character it's actually really good yeah like which i think that it's that not playing that, character that doesn't have autism would be more challenging that's interesting. because everyone's kind of catered to i mean everyone's um made sure that they represent autism in, in a way that is most real mm-hmm. and most real to me as well. Um so they they may ask me like is this fitting for your character? Would your character experience this? And we had our own like character workshop about my character. That's really cool. And things like that. So playing a character with autism is it's it's really good. Like, how would you I, I feel love if they had show other people? Yeah, what it's like. It's so great. Like people can actually understand what it's like, or kind of have a little bit of insight to what someone with autism or Asperger's may be experiencing day to day.
0: Well, how would you have felt if, say, you watched TV and you'd seen a autistic character that was played by someone who wasn't autistic? Oh, I've seen that. What's your What's your thoughts on all it? I seen. mean, her face says yeah, we've seen. <laughs> her face says something different. You have
1: seen it at all? It's right. all have seen. And wh- well, how does it make you feel if you see that? I mean, I love Atypical. It's a show on Netflix. I right. really love it. I think it's really good, and it's. It, I think it's. It's quite real to me. I, I remember watching it and being like, that is very me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's that what that's me. an autistic
0: character. No, played. it isn't.
1: Oh, okay, but I think that being an actor. Um, and actually acting as putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm. But it's harder for someone that doesn't have autism to put themselves in someone else's shoes. Because then- surely someone that is white putting themselves in someone that is black's shoes, or someone that is- you will never fully understand the things that we go through day to day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can understand and you can empathize, mm-hmm. but you'll never firsthand experience exactly. um, what, what we experience. So it's, it's great being able to play that and actually show people and actually sometimes say, oh, this doesn't actually feel right for my character to yeah. say. Or, and,
0: and other people would yeah. not have that insight. Even yeah. on the set, they wouldn't they wouldn't know. So yeah. then you're into a bit of a danger zone whereby this TV is being made,
1: no one's calling it out saying that's actually wrong or yeah. that's inaccurate. What's good in Hollyoaks is that everyone is learning and everyone's so open to mm-hmm. it like being educated everyone's so open to learning and, and seeing things from different perspectives which is what Hollyox has always been really yeah, good at yeah. it's always been the groundbreaker that's been doing that kind of thing yeah
0: um One stat I'd like to read to you to see what you think on this and this is research done by the National Autistic Society and they found that 37% of people who've been diagnosed with autism have been forced or manipulated to do something that they didn't want to do by someone they thought of as a friend. What do you
1: feel about that, Talia? I'm definitely, more, like, a part of that percentage. Have you had an For experience sure. of that, For then? For sure, multiple times. What, can you give school, us an example? Um, I, um, oh, you want the tea? I'd love the tea. The tea. So, I mean, I got really badly bullied um, during primary school, mm. uh, up until secondary school. But the shift in the way that it was Mm. it made things even more difficult because the way that I was bullied in primary school was not the same way in secondary um I think especially in secondary I was more under pressure
0: so um, you felt like you were
1: made yeah yeah I think during secondary because I'm kind of everyone's kind of growing into themselves I mean to be honest you're growing into yourselves when you're like in really old, but...
0: I think you learn a you're lot more, more in Yeah, secondary. I was definitely
1: more, like, open to influences, and, and even when I came into secondary school, it's so different when you actually come into that environment, because people were just... It's, like, nowhere else, mm. and it's not... Like when you're working, mm-hmm. mm. one
0: thing that everyone goes through in secondary school anyway is that you want to impress your mates. Yeah, and if your yeah. thing to impress your mate is to go and pick on somebody oh who gosh. is, I don't want to use the
1: word vulnerable because you're clearly not
0: vulnerable. Do you know what I mean, but if but I but I was, yeah, I
1: was I was made vulnerable mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I could speak up for myself, and it was, it was always in a way that it was like, oh, well, if you don't then other people are going to think or it was like one thing that i did for someone else would hurt another another right if that makes sense so um, is there
0: any kind of example you can give us at all? would you be happy to like tell us about anything that they might have like influenced you to to do do you
1: know what I mean yeah in primary school if i'll give you like a little version mm-hmm. it would this is more like an insight to what it's like having autism Mm -hmm. because I remember being in school and someone saying to me oh ask ask um what what should I call her like someone was like ask Michaela um what how her dog is or like how I forgot what her dog's name was Mm. or her bunny you know it was her bunny right and so I was like oh how's your bunny she burst out crying and I got so told off. Like I got mm. so told off. Like the next day, Oh, no, not even the next day. Like um, the next after lunch, I, I got I got shouted at by the so teacher. That's she took they me, knew. and I was crying so much. She was like, "Stop crying! Stop crying!" Yeah. And and I didn't know why <laughs> I was getting told off. And um, the person who had told me to say to ask her. Uh, didn't get told off at all. So and, and it was like because her rabbit had just died, and I didn't even know that. So they'd literally like they knew that
0: information, yeah, and they just wanted to see what would happen if they sent I, yeah, you into I don't that even, situation. Yeah,
1: it's like what is the outcome? What are mm. you achieving? I, and clearly, they knew that you would, you would, you would kind of yeah, just I, do it. I would, uh, yeah. I was, but in secondary, it was kind of like that, but on a bigger scale, right? Where, where it would really. I mean that did probably at the time it really probably did affect me for like a week after that. And like but in said, secondary, you, you it was an ongoing battle with everyone. That it was like once I was done with this student, it was like another student was on to me, and it was just why like a constant do you attack. Think
0: people behave like that. I know peer pressure is one thing in schools, but why do you think they would they would choose you to be Cause the we, person they'd gone do those things for? I, I
1: mean, know. people knew that I had autism. People knew that I had a helper, and they thought that that was funny. Um, they knew that I was bottom set maths and to them that meant that I was the easy target Mm -hmm. because apparently that means that I'm not intellectual in any other way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's more whatever is easy target. I think people project their own insecurities onto others. So I I don't even want to be that person that's like they're jealous, but they genuinely are jealous (laughs) of you. Like if you're going through bullying like eight times out of ten they're they're just jealous because they you have something that they don't have and it's like I I went from being so carefree and people saw that and projected their own hate self-hate onto me and that's a really interesting thing made me a clone you had
0: had that carefree kind of attitude and I think when you go into secondary school a lot of normal kids I use quotation marks for that they're not carefree because they're too worried about what yeah. other people think of them and maybe there is a possibility that they could see
1: you just getting on with your life and doing your thing and it's not helpful when you're told that the outside world is worse because it makes you afraid of all people mm-hmm. and it makes you afraid to talk to adults as well because it kind of feels like oh my problems are probably just silly and mm-hmm. but it- And
0: you said that obviously like this is something that it didn't just happen like occasionally so it happened quite often yeah what's the effect of when that happens and happens and happens and happens and happens does it build up
1: 100 yeah it really does build up well thankfully for me i had my mom and my dad to support me mm-hmm. and my whole family um and my sister is very like <laughs> yeah she's like she's like she giggles at this yeah. You're being sweet about her. I just remember in primary school her I'm like say, I'll give them a wedgie at defense. the cake sale. <laughs> if I see them at that cake sale, I will give them a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm just defensive. Clearly. <laughs> clearly she will pull your pants over your head yeah, if you mess is, with her there sister. Are people that I still don't talk to because they were mean to Tali in but nursery. It's, it's really, away from reception it's nursery. It's
1: because I I guess. actually so. don't understand why... It's because I have nothing, like, it's mean because, to yeah. say. Mm. And it's like, why? It's just so horrible. But if I'm someone's then,
2: mean to me, I'm literally like, that's okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. What was it like uh, for you? Like you said, you were a few years older yeah. than Talia, so you must have been really protective. What was it like for you knowing that stuff... Because I'm guessing you knew kind of this stuff yeah. was going on. Yeah. I mean, you feel powerless. You feel like you can't
2: do anything. And it's... Scary, and also, I think that like it's all well and good being like, I'm gonna do this and do that. And I think a lot of parents feel that as well. Mm. Um, but ultimately, like, there's not there's not a lot you can do in terms of like getting revenge on a small teenage it's right. girl or boy who's you can't just them are all. not a nice exactly because yeah. they're still teenage girls or boys or mm. children. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult
1: what do you think needs to change in schools I what think, would have made your experience i think just more accommodation for for the students with special needs or any students that may be struggling i think that every teacher should hear them out and every teacher should keep an eye out on the students that aren't being friendly mm-hmm. to others because it is it is a big thing and um even coming out of school I've never even going into work and that transition out of school I've really 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 realized that no one is this rude like I've I've never I've heard things in school that I have never heard out of outside of school Mm. before
0: Is there a kind of... Do you have, like, a little bit of a kind of smugness to be able to go, do you know what, I've done all right, yeah?
1: I just really just hope to be an advocate for anyone who's struggling in school because it's really not the end of the world. Like, it really... There's so much more life outside of school Mm -hmm. and outside of those gates. There's so many more people that you're going to meet, and uh, I have now a whole group of friends who are also loving and caring and just accept each other. And the things that I thought about myself that I thought when I when we were talking earlier about me thinking that I like what's wrong with me, I'm Mm -hmm. so different. I realised that like everyone's so like no one is thinking like that anymore. It goes back to the thing of what is normal. Yeah it was more in school I felt like that and now I'm out And it's just like everyone you attract people you attract what you give out basically mm-hmm. and I've just been loving and I've, I've now got loving people so I'm surrounded by loving people but yeah
0: this is so nice I feel yeah. like I'm gonna cry <laughs> this is so lovely <laughs> Olive what would you say then um, advice for anybody who might be listening to this who may be struggling in school or going through similar things that you guys have Um, it does get better
2: find your people even if you're in a place where you feel like you've lost yourself um, you will find yourself again and the person that you will find will be so much better and so much richer for having experienced what you've experienced and my advice to other people on the outside is to be brave and go against the grain Mm -hmm. go against the grain of choosing to be mean to a person because I think
1: so easy. Bullies are
2: bullies, but I think it's also really easy to be mean to somebody. Yeah. If, if you go, well, that's so much- that's the person that we're mean to. Mm-hmm. That's the person that we're kind of just pushed aside. That's the person we say that to. It actually takes somebody to go, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to do something controversial and actually just be a nice person yeah. to this person.
0: And that takes in itself a, a degree of
1: bravery. Oh my gosh, yeah. There was what you were saying was really good about people like... You finding yourself. Because yeah. if you are broken down by people, then you can build yourself up the way that you want to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of what they've molded you into. Yes. Yeah, do. yeah. Yes. And that's it. Like, you find your tribe, find the
0: people that support you. Your vibe that. attracts yeah. your tribe. I like which it which is an oh amazing it's like five
2: attracts It's my favorite you saying vibe attracts your tribe <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it, used to, it used
1: to
0: be my
2: worst <laughs> saying cuz I was like then why is everyone around me so mean yeah, am I am I I was like am I a terrible I like, person? person but it's, it's like, like no, no I I think also my vibe was not um, standing strong yes. in myself and going that's yeah. that's the person I'm, I'm going to choose to be my life yeah. you've got your vibe you've got your tribe but my tribe is thriving
0: guys thank you so much for joining me um, if you want more don't filter feelings you can search the hashtag or you can check out Holly Oaks on your social feeds and if you've been affected by anything you've heard on this podcast or seen on Holly Oaks, then there's help and support at channel4.com support I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast and it would be amazing if you could Leave us a rating and review the episode wherever it is that you listen. More ratings and reviews means more and more people will hear about the podcast. So please do take a second to spread the word. And in the next episode of Don't Filter Feelings, we will be talking about far-right extremism.
2: I spent 20 years involved in the far-right. I initially joined at school when I was 15. Through just one picture, I then got involved in you know the far-right and spent 20 years in it.